everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. You know, I'm in a series on the family, and it's one of my favorite topics to talk about because all you have to do is read the scriptures and see that God's redemptive plan, his whole purpose, has always unfolded through the family. And now, of course, we know that the family is the backbone, it's the foundation of our culture. So it's really cool that we can talk so openly and honestly about the family. And one of the things we need to understand is, and this is very, very obvious, but many times we forget the obvious, one of the things we need to understand is the simple reality that all of us are members of a family. Whether you're a single adult, whether you're a child, whether you're a student, whether you're a single parent, whether you're a part of a nuclear family with 2.5 kids, all of us are a part of a family. And there's nothing like it when the family is running right. And we've talked about over the last several weeks the, the fact that the family is like a company. We've said that parents are the CEOs and kids should be working in, in the cubes. But so often the parents are in the cubes and the kids are in the corner office, and that shouldn't be that way. We talked about some of those issues, some of those power issues set forth in Scripture. We've also been saying that the family is, is like this clinic. It's like a hospital, a trauma center, if you will. Parents, we are the doctors, and, and the great physician, that's what they call Jesus in John chapter 5, has given us, parents, this position to help our kids, which are the patients, in their condition. And that's what what we're about. Well, today, we're going to get into something else, another role of the family. I think that's really, really exciting. And I think it's very, very fitting, especially in today's culture. But you might be saying, okay, Ed, what is the family like? Okay, it's, it's like a company. I understand that. The, the family is like a hospital. I understand that. But what is the family like? Well, here's what the family's like. Because as I ask you this question, I think you'll discover what the family is supposed to be. How many of you have ever ordered any exercise equipment from an infomercial? If you've ordered any exercise equipment, go ahead and confess, this is church. If you've ordered any kind of exercise equipment from an infomercial, I think we all have. I think we all have. Infomercials are intriguing. Don't you find yourself sometimes just mesmerized by these infomercials, especially the ones that that, that promise us these incredible physiques and figures. The people who are selling these these pieces of equipment, they're always smiling, you know, with the ponytails bouncing around and the little outfits and everything is matching. It looks so easy. No one is perspiring. And with 24 easy installments, this piece of exercise equipment can be yours. It can be mine. It's very, very tempting, isn't it? They make billions and billions of dollars doing it. The idea of these infomercials, the thought behind it is genius. Think about it. Think about it for a second. These These marketers have figured out that those of us who are watching television from the comfort of our home can actually bring the gym into our home. Like that. Just pay a little bit of money every month, and your home and my home can become a gym. I've got news for you. That idea 
Is it original? I've got news for you. The marketers have ripped that off from God. God's been saying that for thousands and thousands of years. God has told us that your home and my home is a gym. It's a gym. G-Y-M. God, you, and me. Or if you're from the South, God, y'all, and me. Your home, my home, is a gym. Parents, that makes you and me the trainers. That's right. That's what we do. We train. Because the definition of parenting, Deuteronomy 6, teaching, Proverbs 22, training, Genesis 2, our kids to leave. As parents, what does it mean to put the ball through the net? We teach them. Teach them what? The ways of God. Teach them what? To glorify God. Teach them what? What it means to apply the word in their lives and to live the kind of life that God wants. We train them. We give them opportunities to work, to serve. We stretch them. We mold them. We make them under God's directives into the kind of people that he wants. We train them to do what? Leave. And we and we shoot them with great trajectory out of the family unit, out of the gymnasium, so they in turn can start their own gym. That's the beauty of the family. But we've got to ask ourselves a question. Against the backdrop of, of thinking about the fact that the family is a fitness center, against the backdrop of thinking that the family is a gymnasium, we've got to ask ourselves a question. How is the family doing? Seriously, I mean, how is the family doing? Let's look at some of the raw data. How is the family doing? 50% of marriages still end in divorce. Half of all first-time marriages end up in divorce. 67% of second-time marriages end up in the deep weeds. 74% of those who try a third time, I'm sorry, <laughs> wow. Seventy-four percent of those who try a fourth, I, I, I can't say this right. You know, I'm, I can start all over with that. I've done confused everybody. Okay. Fifty percent of first-time marriages end in divorce. Sixty-seven percent of second-time marriages end in divorce. Seventy-four percent of third-time marriages end in divorce. I didn't check for the fourth and the fifth. Okay, on top of that, people living together has multiplied exponentially. Now, just think in your, in your mind for a second. How many babies, of all the babies that are born in our country, how many babies are born out of wedlock? 40%. 50% of 
of students are sexually active. 25% of those have had at least four different partners. With that in play, the USA is the number one consumer of porn in the world. Now let's bore into the Christian community just for a second. Because if you look at the research, those who call themselves Christians, and a lot of people call themselves believers who aren't, I hope you know that, but those who call themselves believers, those who say they're a Christian family, as you look at their kids in their 20s, 61% of their kids, when they hit 20 years of age, distance themselves from the faith and from the church. Now, hopefully, the clue phone is ringing. Hopefully, you're going, wow, this is jacked up. Wow, something is not working. Whoa. How's the family doing? As we look at the family, it doesn't look that great. Well, what's God's strategy for the family? He wants the family to be a gym. God, you, and me. He wants the family to be full of trainers, to be full of kids who submit themselves to the trainers and who do the stuff the trainers want. But, but again, what does God want the family to do and to be? Plan A, Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Verse 5. What does it say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. This is God's strategy. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Isn't that something? So the main thing in the Family Fitness Center is not to give your kids some trust fund. It's not to give them some, some opportunity to become this scholarship athlete, all those things are fine and dandy. It's not to give your kids trips around the world. Again, those things are awesome. The number one thing, God's agenda for the family is to do what? It is to teach and to train our kids to leave. It's to impress upon them the things of God. It is to give them the opportunity to love God with the totality of who they are. But I, I like that word I read. I hope you didn't miss it. Love God. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. I like that strength. Trainers, parents, trainers, trainers. What are we supposed to do? The first thing trainers do is we're into strength training. Talk to anybody who wants to be in good shape. What do you got to do? You got to pump the iron. You got to do some sort of strength training. The best trainers are not people who have their clients as their best friends. The best trainers don't have the happiest clients. 
I've seen trainers before, and I've seen trainers go, well, I just want my clients to be happy. I'm going to do what makes them happy. Those clients don't last very long. The best trainers understand that their clients have got to go through long periods of time when they're unhappy so they can make the gains that they need to make. It's like the old adage, no pain, no gain. And trainers, we have to allow our kids to build strength in their lives, to build muscle in their lives. In other words, we have to work out in the family unit what God, by His grace, has worked in. That's what we're about. And working out is not always fun. It's not always convenient. It's something that we're called to do. Parents, you're the trainers. And here's the thing about training. You can't train your kids' parents if you're not training yourself. I remember going to a gym years ago, and some of the trainers were out of shape. I didn't want to hire one of those guys. I was looking around for the person who was the most ripped. I'm like, I want him to train me. Not that person. I want him to train me, because that person is shredded. That person is, is, is training themselves. We have a lot of bodybuilders that come to Fellowship Church. Did you know that? we got some big old monsters that attend fellowship. Huge guys, huge girls. I mean, people who are, who, are just, who are just ripped. I mean, they have veins the size of garden hoses in their arms. It's like, whoa, man. Bodybuilders. I have a lot of friends who are bodybuilders. And it's fun to talk to bodybuilders. The only joke I know is a bodybuilding joke. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. You want to hear it? Yeah, I do, I do. How many bodybuilders does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two. One to screw the bulb in, the other one to go, hey man, you're looking big, you're looking big, dude, you're looking big. <laughs> Walk into any gym and you'll see some bodybuilders. And, and talk to them, because these, these cats are disciplined. Hey, ask them, what does it take to get those muscles? They'll be like, man, you gotta have discipline. You gotta work out like three hours a day. Your, your diet needs to consist of tuna and just about two ounces of brown rice and water and supplements. That's it. You got to pump the iron, man. But if you really want to mess a bodybuilder up, ask a bodybuilder this question. Now, I'm not dissing bodybuilders, but I'm just saying if you want to mess their brain up, ask them this. Just say, hey, Mr. Bodybuilder. Hey, Miss Bodybuilder. Why? Are you lifting all that weight and punishing your body with that strict diet? They'll say, for a contest. A contest, you say? And then ask them this. This will really mess them up. What are your muscles for? The bodybuilders were thinking, they'll go, uh, to pose. <laughs> you're telling me you're lifting all this weight and you have all these muscles and your muscles are there just to pose? Aha! <laughs> That's right, man. Just to pose. That's what we do. Well, I'm here to tell you in the family, our muscles aren't just to pose. Our muscles... 
should be broken down and should be built up. They should be trained. Why? So we can use them to love God with all of our strength, to love God out of character, out of vision and integrity and commitment. Parents who are trainers, parents are our spiritual spotters. We're spiritual spotters because trainers will push you past what you would normally do. If I work out by myself, compared to working out with someone who's training me, a training partner, the training partner will take the workouts always to a higher intensity level. I think about, where's my Bible? Here it is. I lost my Bible for a second. I was like, someone stole my Bible. Galatians chapter six, verse two. It says, carry, you could write here, spot each other's burdens. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. What do I mean by spotting? When, when you spot someone, let's say you do 12 reps. You're like, seven, eight, mommy. Well, if you're by yourself, you go, whoo, that's enough. But a trainer is gonna say, oh, come on, Alice, push that way. Eat the iron. Come on, crash through the quitting point, baby. And they're going to help you with that weight. They're going to give just enough pressure where you're still working your rear off to get the weight up. And that, right, right there, that is where the muscle is built. And you do rep eight when you do rep nine. And then like the 10th and 11th, you might do some negatives. <laughs> the veins are sticking out. <laughs> it's over. Your muscles are broken down, but you gotta break them down to build them up. Parents, that's what we do. So I would argue that if your goal as a parent is to say, okay, I want my kids just to be happy all the time, you've missed it. You've missed it. Because for kids to grow and to develop and to have that strength to love God with all of their strength, they've got to go through periods of unhappiness. So in the family unit, we're always helping one another. We're spotting one another. We're encouraging one another. We're building one another up. We're praying for one another. The family is a gym. God's plan, his design is Deuteronomy 6, Proverbs 22, and Genesis 2. But as you see, the family ain't doing so hot. The only other entity, plan B, that God uses to support the family is right here. This fitness center, the church. So parents, trainers, get in to strength training. Break down to build up. Also, second thing, you know this, you gotta do cardio. Cardio. Cardio is boring to me. But you got to do it. It's for the heart. Some people jog. Have you ever looked at people's expressions when they work out, especially doing cardio? They have these weird expressions. Some people power walk now.
Others on the Stairmaster, they're reading all these magazines, novels. It gets harder and harder. Isn't that funny to watch people work out? Look at their expressions. People have weird. There was one guy, he was a trainer, and he had the weirdest voice. And he used to be a trainer at this gym where I worked out. Every time I walk in, he'd go, well, say, Ed, how you doing there? I said, man, I'm doing fine. And he used to always say, don't do cardio. Cardio's bad for you. It'll kill you. Cardio's not good for you. I remember thinking, I'm not sure if I agree with that. This guy, he was like in his 60s, would push some serious iron. I'm talking about this guy was a monster. And when he would do reps, he would always call out like the numbers real loud. And whenever I want to stop in my cardio or stop in my strength training, I'll remember this guy. Because here's how he would count when he was doing a set. Turn all red in the face. Like that. He used to train these women. It was hilarious. These women would start talking. He'd come in there. Okay, ladies, okay, ladies, stop the social hour. This ain't the social hour. This is lifting weights. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> anyway, I can imitate him a lot, but the guy's a real inspiration to me. Cardio. What does the Bible say about cardio? The Bible says that we need to be into strength training, but it also says we need to be into endurance training. We need to grow big hearts. And the scripture tells us a bunch about it. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded cow, 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 by such a great cloud of witnesses, when, 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 let us throw off let us throw off everything that hinders us, whoosh, whoosh, the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance, sound effects mine, the race marked out for us. Parents, there's a race marked out for your child, for your student, for your college student. We've got to help them We've got to train them in perseverance, in endurance, in commitment to run the race. Life is all about endurance. Life is all about perseverance. Life is all about commitment. When I ran a marathon years ago, I arranged for this guy to run the last 6.2 miles of the race with me because I knew I would hit the wall. I knew my body would break down. I knew I would want to quit, and he told me so. And I was looking in my office this morning at my house, a picture of me running. I almost brought it, but I didn't. It's too embarrassing. And this guy beside me has this white sweatsuit on, and I have this look like that. Everything is cramping up. And this guy runs the last 6.2 miles of the race with me. He's coaching me. Here's how to run. Here's how to take the curves. Keep on running. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't think about the cramps. Take in water. And I was able to sprint 
the last four miles of the race. Not because I'm a great athlete, but because I listened to the guy who had trained me for the marathon. Kids, as you run this race, listen to the trainers. Listen to them. You gotta crash through quitting points. Parents don't always rescue your kids. Don't always snowplow everything for them. Allow them to face the consequences. Allow them to fall flat on their face. Allow them to go, I can't lift anymore, mommy. You help them with the weight. You're building muscle. You're building responsibility. You're building work ethic. You're building Christ-centered character. You're building people who follow the Lord. Because go back to, go back to plan A. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses five and nine. Go back and read it. Because the whole tenor and tone of it is, pass this on from generation to generation to generation. That's what we're to do. Read Deuteronomy chapter six when you go home. We're to pass the baton with intensity, with creativity, with, with, with fun to our kids. I'm, I'm basically a product of great generations. I really am. I, I look back at my great grandparents. There were people who loved God, who did the best with what they had. They understood the home was a gym and they passed that baton to my grandparents. And my, my grandparents, not perfectly, passed it to my parents and then my parents have passed it to my brothers and I. So I'm, I'm a blessed guy. Just a couple of days ago, I traveled to Houston to celebrate my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. And I took this picture of them at the table around a meal as we celebrated this time. And you can look at their expressions and, and you can just think about the challenges and the struggles and the victories. You can think about the children and the grandchildren and the hopes and the dreams. 50 years of marriage. I'm such a lucky guy. And some of you are like, you know what? I'm lucky too, Ed. I mean, I'm kind of the same, I'm kind of the same situation, my brother. I feel you up there. Others of you are like, mm, no, not my family. Whoa. Wow, in my family. Are you kidding me? A picture like that? Are you kidding me? Well, you know what? The good news is you can start today. You can start today to establish that legacy. You can start today by realizing, wow, my home is a company and I'm the CEO. Wow, my home is a fitness center and I'm a trainer. Wow, my home is, is a clinic and I'm a doctor. Wow, I'm all these things as a parent. And my kids are, 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 are with me. And I have just a big opportunity in just a little short span of time. I want to make the most of it. Well, if you want to make the most of it, understand who you are. Understand who you are. You are a trainer. You are a physician. You are a CEO. Strength training, cardio. Do that cardio. Perseverance, commitment, 
Do that cardio. There'll be times when you want to quit. Do that cardio. You want to quit school, quit the team, quit marriage, quit with your children. You want to quit. Don't do it. We'd rather quit than commit. We'd rather throw in the towel than stay in the game. We'd rather bail out than blast through. We'd rather leave than last. We need to stay with it and do what God wants us to do. Because what if Jesus had quit? What if Jesus on the cross said, you know what, I don't want to persevere. We wouldn't be here. So strength training, cardio, one more. This is so simple, everyone knows it. You want to you get in great shape, you got to eat right. That's the proper diet. You got to feed on the Word of God. The Bible says we can be washed by the water of the Word. Most of our muscles are made up of what? Water. You want to get strong? It's the water of the Word. Get together for the corporate feeding of the Word. Get together for a private feeding of the Word. Feed on the Word. But what I'm talking about, though, is a regular meal. I mean, I mean a real meat and potatoes meal. I'm talking about the whole enchilada. What's a meal? Because we've forgotten what a meal is. What's a meal? The Bible talks about the power of the meal from cover to cover. What's a meal? We should be about it from the cradle to the grave. What's a meal? M-E-A-L. It's a magical engagement that's always loved. Families need to gather together at least four nights a week for a family meal. Lose the TV, turn off technology, sit there and eat and begin to converse, begin to talk. Well, we've got a bunch of little ones. You're teaching them. You're training them. We, we got some teenagers. You're teaching them. You're training them. Sometimes we argue. So do we. You're teaching and training. Sometimes we throw food. So do we. Sometimes we say this or that, so do we. Sometimes we get in a debate, so do we. Those times, though, are so rich, are so amazing, are so supernatural. And it's not the food, ladies. Guys, it's not the food. It's not that. It's the celebration. It's the ceremony. It's the conversation. When I look back in the rearview mirror of my life, as I look back over the most meaningful times in my family, so many of them occurred around the table. And it was so fitting to celebrate my parents' 50th around the table. You begin to establish a meal, and during the meal, you can do strength training. During the meal, you can do cardio. During the meal, you can talk about the Word and get washed in the water of the Word. The meal is the real deal. People all the time say, well, Ed, how in the world did you turn out okay? You're not crazy. A lot of preacher's kids I know are absolutely buck wild. Ha, ha, how, straight jacket, crazy pill, nuts. Why did you turn out, you know, relatively sane? I'll tell you why. Because my parents were not one way on the stage and another way off the stage. They were real. And I saw how real they were so often at the meal. It's a biblical concept. You do it, and you watch what God will do. Because God wants to build your muscles and mine into a Deuteronomy 6, Proverbs 22, 
and Genesis 2 family. He wants us to continue the legacy or start the legacy as we pass the baton off strategically and lovingly and give our kids something that money can't buy. This relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.